Hello? Well, hello. Would this be Katie from the band Ostra? Yes, it is Katie from the band Ostra. Hey, Katie. This is Scott Wood. I'm calling from the interview show. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing not too bad. What are you up to? I'm just in a car in Portland right now. Um, I'm on a highway in traffic. All right. Well, I would love to do an interview with you in just a moment. Hello, my name is Katie. I'm from the band Austria, and you are listening to the interview show.
I'd love it if you could talk maybe a bit okay. about Beat in the Pulse. Okay. I don't know. I think I had written Beat in the Pulse kind of by accident. I had just started listening to a bunch to some dance music, and I had also just come off a tour across Canada where I was performing solo acoustic with just me and piano. And I think that I hated it so much that I felt the need to write something that was the complete opposite of that. And I came up with Beat in the Pulse, I guess sort of as my, I don't know, yeah, I, I just decided that I never wanted to do a solo acoustic tour again. And so Beat in, in the Pulse was my response to that reaction. Great. Well, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. And today I have Katie from the band Ostra on the Line. Hi, Katie. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right, so I would love to hear the secret origin of the band Ostra. Um, well, the band started as my solo project just over three years ago. And we used to just go by my name, which is Katie Spellmanis. And at that time, I was um, Maya Pastepsky, who drums with me now, was touring with me. And we did a whole bunch of tours by ourselves and recently acquired a new band member, Dorian Wolf, and we're now touring with a keyboard player, Ryan Wansiak, and within the last year, we've, it's sort of become more of a collaborative band project, and we changed our name from my own name to Austra. Nice. So before Austra came along, I read that you were in a post-Riot Girl group called Galaxy, and of course you have yeah. released your own solo work. So I was wondering if you could tell me something that you took from those two previous projects into Ostra, because it's a little bit different. Yeah, well, I think that the, I mean, the band that I, that I was in was kind of just discovering how to be in a band. Like, I decided to pick up an instrument. I had no idea how to play the guitar and started writing songs, which I hadn't really done before either. We just learned how to play shows and book our own shows, and we learned how to do a little bit of touring and make our own CDs, and that was kind of just like entering the world of being an indie musician, I think. My solo project, it was just, it was kind of a bedroom project. I mean, I made everything on my computer at home. And uh, I mean, Austria is still just like a computer project. We all just do it ourselves at home. And then we add some live instruments as well in the recordings and on stage. Nice, nice. Now on YouTube today, I was looking up your previous work under Katie Stelmanis, and I saw the video for Believe Me. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that, that video has a lot of witches in it. So I was wondering if you could talk about your connection to that. Well, I mean, the video was made by an artist uh, called Jesse the Elder. And I mean, it wasn't really my concept. So I, I don't, like when I wrote the song, I wasn't really thinking of witches. But she interpreted it to be, I guess, sort of a, a very, like a ritualistic song, I guess, with all the believe me chanting that happens. And just sort of felt that that imagery would be fitting. And I think it worked It worked really well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there was no initial intention to sort of bring out a witchy vibe in that song. Can you think of a sorcerer-like side of yourself? A sorcerer-like side of myself? I don't know, I think I'm, I'm pretty like an easygoing person. I don't really think of myself as being very like dark and witchy in my personality. I think the darkest that I get is probably in my music and that's about it. Cool. I was reading an interview with you about your past life as a children's choir survivor. Um, well, I definitely wouldn't call it a children's choir survivor because I felt like when I was in children's choir, it was like the best time of my life. I loved it. I was like obsessed with my choir. And um, 
I was in the Canadian Children's Opera Chorus, which was fun because we got to be in all the Canadian Opera Company productions. We were the kids in the operas, and we did a lot of, like, our own stage productions as well. So I was performing on, like, big stages at a really young age, which I think has helped me form my own career in some way. Nice. So can you tell me your favorite choir song to sing? Hmm. You know what? To be honest, I'm really into, like, Christmas carols. That was my favorite time of year when we got to do the Christmas carols, like the old school ones with the desk cans and stuff like that. That was always my favorite part. Cool. So what's your favorite one? Mm, I really like God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. That one's a good one. Nice. You know what I have to ask you because this is radio? Mm-hmm. Can you can you sing a little bit for us? Um, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. There you go. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. Hello, my name is Katie. I'm from the band Austra, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Ride her dark and hoarse Her tempers lie untold It's always the same It's always the same
Rockin' Her Horse, it's actually the first song on the record, and it originally started just to be like the first minute of the song, sort of like the low drone part, and I remember I played it for Mike Halchuk from Fucked Up, and he was like, you need to extend this song. And basically we went back and forth for like a month where I would just extend it like at 30 seconds, he would be like, longer, 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 and now it's like a six minute song and like breaks down into a a dance beat and there's bongos there's like a big chorus and yeah I think that I definitely owe that one to Mike he, he just like had a vision for it that I guess I didn't really have and it, it just kind of built up into this big dramatic song that works really well as an opener for the record I think. Hello my name is Katie I'm from the band Austria, and you are listening to the interview show. I was reading that you were going to actually go to Montreal to study opera but you got really into Annie DeFranco and you decided that you didn't want to move to Montreal so I was I would love it if you could talk a little bit about that decision. Yeah I mean I don't think that Annie DeFranco really pulled me away from Montreal. I think that I kind of discovered her at a time I was learning to play the guitar, and I was a little bit inspired, but I didn't really spend too much time with her music, so I don't, I'm not really, like, too familiar with her body of work. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was just, like, learning to play the guitar, and it was just, I guess, she just, I don't know, yeah, like, I guess she kind of influenced me to play a little bit, but it was mostly just that that's what kind of everybody around me was listening to, so I was like, okay, I'll do it too. But it was, yeah, it was more that I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to play guitar and I just wanted to live in Toronto, which was, I feel like, the main reason that I didn't want to go to university in Montreal anymore. While doing research for this interview, I came across a lot of collaborations you've been involved with. So mm-hmm. you've collaborated with the Gyp Tricks, you were also on Fucked Up's album, and you were also on the Bellwood Records. So, I haven't actually collaborated with the Gyp Tricks. Really? We've, we've, uh, we've, no, we've, we've talked about it, but I haven't done it yet. My drummer, uh, Maya, has collaborated with the Gyp Tricks. She um, sang on one of his songs, but I personally haven't done it. Um, yeah, but Maya, Maya's on it. And yeah, but I've done, I've done all the other stuff with Fucked Up and Bruce Peninsula and stuff. Cool. Um, that's interesting because he was talking about you when I interviewed him just the other day. Neat. Well, we're planning a collaboration. Maybe that's what he was talking about. Like, we've been emailing back and forth for a couple months now, and we were pl- definitely planning on doing something together. So maybe that's it. I mean, I, I love Egypt Tricks music. He's a, a great electronic musician from Toronto. So we've been emailing for a while. But nice. we haven't actually gotten down to doing anything yet. Cool. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the Toronto community there, considering you didn't want to go to Montreal. Um... I, yeah, like the, I find the Toronto community is, is quite spread out. Like there's a lot of micro scenes, I guess I would say. Like I, I think for the most part, everybody kind of knows each other, but it's it's quite divided in terms of like what genre of music you play, whether it be like punk music or folk music or electronic music. Like there isn't much of a crossover, I find. And uh, I don't know, we've, I always have made an effort to sort of, be able to like go fit in with all those groups in some way or at least like take something from all of them like I've, I felt like influenced and been inspired by I think a lot of the different areas in Toronto but um yeah I mean in general it's, it's nice to be in a city where a lot of people are really proactive and a lot of people are working hard because it inspires you to to do the same way and I think like the only reason that I 
booked so many of my own tours is because I was just doing what my friends were doing because everyone was just booking their own tours in like Europe and Canada and it's like that definitely has helped us to where we're going for sure. Cool. Can you talk about each of those projects and talk about something that you've taken away from each of them? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with Fucked Up, which has been really nice. They've been really helpful, and I've become good friends with Mike in the band. Yeah, I think they've, they've just helped us just by spreading the word about our band and, like, putting us in contact with lots of people all over the world. And they have a really, like, DIY approach, which is nice. And, uh, I mean, lots of bands, like Owen Palette, I've been in touch with for a long time, just about, I always just ask him for, I don't know, advice or, like, help booking tours, and he's always been really supportive of us and, like, put in a good word. And same with my friends were in, like, Obiju and Bruce Peninsula, and then, yeah, and then, like, newer friends like Egypt Tricks and lots of other bands in Toronto that and Diamond Rings and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about Astra. The big quote that I've heard about you guys is obviously comparing you to The Knife. I'm sure you must love that and hate that quote with the same measure. Um, I mean, the only thing I hate about it is that it's, like, everybody says it. Like, I guess people aren't creative enough to, like, think of anything else. But um, I think that it's a great comparison, and I, I think also that most people that are making music right now I, it's very rare to find someone that wasn't very very influenced by the knife just as a musician i think they're some of the most like prolific songwriters in the past 10 years for sure and i think that they definitely have influenced an entire generation of music makers so like i don't know anyone that doesn't list the, the knife as like one of their favorite bands basically yeah and i think we have a lot in common just based on the fact that we I mean, I'm assuming they, they make MIDI music. They use electronic sounds, which we do as well. And it's a female-fronted band, which is kind of the, the first thing people go to. I don't think I've ever been compared to a not-female-fronted band in my entire life. So I think that it's, it's going to be one of them. The knife is a good one to get, for sure. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you, as a follow-up question, what's a male artist that you would like to be compared to that you see in your music, but somebody who listens to your music once or twice may not catch? I don't know. I think there's. I think that I take influence from a lot of different sources, like a lot of sources that you might not think initially. Like, um, I don't know, for example, Anthony and the Johnsons, just because we both have like very big, melodic voices or that kind of thing. And um, I mean, it has happened before, but like Nine Inch Nails, like references to that and references to... Um, I don't know, really. I feel like I'd have to think about that. I mean, I, I often hear a lot of like the, a lot of 80s bands in the way that in my performances or whatever, like everything from Pet Shop Boys to The Smiths, like that whole kind of like sad vibe music. And but yeah, I've, I've never really heard any comparisons to that. Nice. I was reading one review of Ostra today, and it was saying that Ostra explores the sleazier side of new wave music. How do you like yeah. that quote? Good. I don't really know what it means, to be honest. I don't really, I guess, well, I guess now that I think about it, I kind of know what it means. I'm assuming new wave means, like, what's happening right now, like current wave music. I don't know. It sort of makes you sound like you're, you know, rolling dice in a dark alley. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I don't really understand what it means, but I guess... I mean, I guess our, our single beat and the pulse is kind of, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of 
like sensual, I would say maybe. Like it's maybe it has that sort of vibe. It has like a bit of a sexy vibe. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Absolutely. But to me, talking to you now, you seem like a, a sweet, nice artist. So I wanted you to talk a little <laughs> bit about the last sleazy thing you've done. The last sleazy thing I Hmm. <laughs> um let me think. I mean, I guess most sleazy things that I do probably usually involve alcohol. I would say the last sleazy thing I did was probably in Amsterdam, and I'll probably just leave it at that. Thank you very much for being on the show. I love it when we end the show to have the artist take a track off the album, talk a little bit about it as we bring up the music. Okay, well, um, this song, Lose It, it was written a little bit of a long time ago, and I guess in, in my mind... When I had written that song, it seemed just so simple to me that it seemed like it seemed ridiculous. Like it was kind of jokes, just the same thing over and over again, this very, very repetitive line. And what I started to learn is that all the songs that seemed like so boring and simple to me ended up being the ones that people responded to the best. And I think Lose It was one of the first examples of that because I just sort of like wrote it really quickly on the piano and then arranged it to be sort of like a dancier disco-y song and I didn't really know how people would, would respond to it but it's been a pretty successful single so shows me that I don't really know what what people like <laughs> but there you go hello my name is Katie I'm from the band Austra and you are listening to the interview show